0: Hey, thanks for joining us today on Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. I'm going to shine a new light on someone from the Bible, one of the disciples whom I completely love now, and I can completely relate to now. I'm going to tell you something new about him that maybe you haven't discovered yet. So stay tuned to find out more about this disciple and how you might have one of those in your house. Stay tuned. loneliness and depression are on the rise since 2020 hit us hard at what's the occasion club we are on a mission to fight against that rising tide through simple acts of kindness that let people know they're seen and loved you can join this mission and give your kids something fun to do at the same time head over to What's the whatstheoccasion.club to join us not ready to join the club yet Sign up for our newsletter for great ideas on random acts of kindness and occasional deals and freebies exclusive to our newsletter subscribers. No purchase necessary. Come on over and sign up for the newsletter and see what's new at whatstheoccasion.club. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. Oh, I'm so excited about today's subject because our Bible study is wrapping up John, our study in John, and this week we studied what I like to say a new homie of mine, (laughs) someone that I see in a whole new light, and I feel like I've completely bonded with him. So I wanted to share my insights and my discovery with you and see what you think, because wow, this guy's gotten a bad rap, Uh, or I don't know if I would call it bad rap, but it certainly hasn't been the greatest. I mean, it's not evil or anything, but yeah, it's um, totally different. I see him in a whole new light. So I hope that I can shine a new light on him for you as well. So let's dive in. Have you ever heard the phrase, Don't be a doubting Thomas. Or, oh, you're such a doubting Thomas. Poor Thomas. All he's known for is doubting. Doubting that Jesus was resurrected. Doubting that Jesus showed up to the disciples. Doubting that his friends were telling him the truth. But if you go into John and you look back through and find places where Thomas... Uh, where he's featured it shows he's actually a very inquisitive outspoken bold and faithful disciple he was the one that encouraged the disciples to follow Jesus back back towards Jerusalem to see Lazarus who was dying despite all the danger that he was about to face because Jesus had just been threatened to be stoned to death because of his blasphemy, which we all know is not really blasphemy because he is the son of God. But the Pharisees were getting ready to stone him because of blasphemy. And he wanted to go back. And everyone's like, oh, no, Jesus, you really shouldn't go there. You know, they just wanted to kill you. And now you want to go back? Are you nuts? It's basically what they're telling him. And Thomas is like, listen, if Jesus is going, I'm going. You guys should come, too. Let's go. He wasn't afraid to speak up. And when he had a question, he asked the question. Jesus, what do you mean? What way are we going to go? I don't how are we going to know the way to go? What are you talking about? You know everybody else in the room was thinking it. You know that every time Jesus spoke in abstract, everyone was like, "What is he saying?" I mean, have you read the New Testament and any of the gospels and after you read something that Jesus said, you're like, what the what? What does he mean by that? Of course you have. We've all done it. He speaks in Proverbs. He speaks in these abstract metaphors a lot. And you know, everyone in the room is thinking, "Uh, do you understand what he's talking about? I don't want to be the one to say I didn't do it. I don't want to be the one that says I don't get it. Uh Uh-uh, nope. mm, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. But Thomas is like, dude, what are you talking about? Clarify it. I need to know what you mean because I want to follow you exactly how I'm supposed to. I want to know the way because I love you, God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I want to be a good disciple. Can you please tell me more? He was the one that said what everybody in the room was saying. Man, I love him for that. I, I love it because that's me. <laughs> I'm the one who asks the questions I'm the one that needs the clarification because I want to do it the best I can at my last job I used to drive my boss nuts because we we're union workers quote-unquote unskilled labor is actually how we're categorized and so We're just supposed to show up and and do what we're told and all that. But I was always asking more questions because I wanted to do my job to the best of my ability. So if I knew the intent, I knew the outcome, I knew the desired destination, it helped me to do my job better. So I asked questions. And at one point, my boss is like, you're just causing trouble. I'm like, I'm really not. I just want to know. You Inquiring minds want to know. Is anybody old enough to remember that phrase? Well, I am so uh, and G.I. Joe knowing is half the battle yes I still say that to my kids they don't know where it comes from but it doesn't matter because it's true knowing is half the battle knowledge God even says it in the Bible several times we need to gain the knowledge and the understanding so that we can arrive at wisdom he gives us all of that that's why we have the Bible so Thomas Thomas is bold. He's outspoken. He's not afraid to clarify his calling, as one of my favorite podcasters, Stephanie Gass, says a lot. Clarify your calling. Find out what you're supposed to do so you can do it to the best of your ability and glorify God along the way. Yes, don't be afraid to ask questions. But he gets the rap of doubting Thomas. Well, no, no. I'm here to scrap that. He wasn't in doubt. He just wanted to be sure that he was investing his whole heart, his whole life into the right place. He needed proof. God bless him. And you know what? Jesus gave him proof. It's not like Jesus was like, well, just because you need proof, I'm not going to give it to you. You know what? Forget you. No, he didn't forsake him. No. A week later, he shows up in that locked room. He gets in there. No problem. Shows up where Thomas is now there because he wasn't there a week ago and says, here I am. Thomas, you needed to see this. So I am here to show you. He showed him. He gave him what he needed to strengthen his faith because he knew his heart. and That's what God cares about. That's what Jesus was all about. He was about hearts. He is about hearts. I am not putting that in past tense because God is above time and space. So let me put it in current terms. He is about our hearts. Yes. So are you that inquisitive, outspoken person? Have you ever gotten a bad rap for it or slack for it? Has anybody ever told you just, just shut up and listen? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I've said that to my kids. (laughs) I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, can you just stop asking questions and listen, please? But there are other times, I mean, this is almost daily sometimes with my kids, at least one of them specifically. Other times I just let her go. I let her ask the questions or break things down into her terms in the way that her mind goes, because I want to, it helps, it gives me a blueprint of how she's thinking. And I love that. I get to see how her mind works because we don't get to see that very often. We're not mind readers like God. No, we we can't see into their minds unless they allow us in, unless they invite us in. So if you have an inquisitive child, if you have that child that is always, always arguing with you, always saying, but what about this? Or do I have to? Or why do I have to? Or Why can't I fill in the blank? You have that kid. That's the inquisitive child that needs the clarification. Now, sure, sometimes they're just being little, you know, pains. But it stems from their curiosity. It stems from their clarification needs. It stems from them needing to understand the big picture of why they're being tormented as kids and they are always being told what to do. (laughs) Because that's how it feels to them, right? Oh, when am I going to have full control of my life? I'm sure many of you remember feeling that way. I know I do. I couldn't wait to be a grown-up, as almost every kid feels. I think every kid feels that, actually, at some point in their life. I can't wait to be a grown-up because, fill in the blank, because then I get to make my own choices, or I get to work where I want to work, or I get to make money, or I get to live here or there, or I get to travel, whatever reason. We all had that in our minds at some point. I can't wait to be a grown up so I can do this, this, and that. It's about control and knowledge. And we they, we feel like we're going to arrive at some point and just, boom, have all this stuff. But if we don't ask the questions, we're not going to know. And so the questions are good. They are within boundaries, of course. But you know what I mean. So Thomas, man, I love him now. I totally get him. I bond. I, I Aside from Jesus, I feel like he he might even be my favorite person right now in the Bible. I mean, I haven't met everybody in the Bible yet, but someday I hope I will. I hope that I, I will get through the Bible in depth enough to have intimately understood each person. But we'll see what God has planned for me in that way. But for now, he has introduced me to a new side of Thomas, and I am... Psyched to know that I'm not the only annoying questioner. I am so happy to know that God put this person in the Bible for someone like me to relate to. Yes. Do you have kids like that? Am I the only one? I can't be the only one. Oh, so great. We get these opportunities, these are all little teachable moments to. As in Proverbs 22 6 says train them up in the way they should go and when they are old they will not depart from it yes so good (laughs) have you ever made chili and wish you had cornbread but you do not have the time to make cornbread I found a recipe for something called hoe cakes which is like deep-fried cornbread right on it's like making pancakes actually they're super easy I'm going to put the recipe link in the show notes, so go check those out later. But if you're ever in a pinch and you want cornbread to go with your chili or anything, or just try these out for fun, head on over, grab the recipe. It is so good. So you may be starting to return to church after the shutdown, or maybe you've been able to go to church for a while now, and... Sunday schools might start opening up. I know ours are just opened up for the little ones right now. So the older kids are still with us. And actually, my kids are older now. They wouldn't even be going to Sunday school. But the upper elementary are still with us throughout the sermons. And I have very vivid memories of my children as they're little, really little, and growing up in church going, what do I do with these kids during the service or even during worship time? Because in our church, they would stay with us for worship, and then they would go to Sunday school during the break. And then we would, as adults, have the message from the pastor while they're in getting their version of a message and lesson with their peers. But that interim time when they're with us during worship, ah, oh, man, I would get so annoyed with my kids because i'm like i just want to worship jesus and i can't get in the moment and you're driving me nuts i'm not your cruise director i'm not here to entertain you can you just sit still or can you stand up and sing with me let's do this together oh man i mean i would bring all sorts of things with me snacks crayons markers coloring books drawing pads um puzzles anything quiet I could possibly find in my house to entertain them. And yet I was still distracted when my kids were young. Maybe you're going through that right now. Well, I have the hindsight luckily of 2020 that I can offer some advice to you, but I mean, there's no one solution. So just take it with a grain of salt, please. When my kids were little, I I was still fairly new to going to church regularly and at least especially with kids like I wasn't raised in the church So I wasn't like some people know how to quote-unquote church train their kids and I'm like I don't even know what that is. So I'm still trying to train them at home forget trying to church train them I can't even wrap my head around that didn't even know what that was until honestly It was later in life that my kids don't need church training anymore uh, in that way Um, It's a different kind of discipline now that they're older and more mature, but, and have more self-control, not complete, but more. But when they were little, like my littlest one would wander and she'd wander up the aisle and I'd go get her. And then she'd wander up the aisle and I'd go get her. And it's super distracting to, to the other congregants and to the worship team or the pastor. I totally get that. And I wish i had had more um, foresight to find a way to keep her with us without wandering, but I didn't. And my pastor, Oh, he was awesome. He was great. He was so sweet. He pulled me aside and said, you know, when my, our kids were, were little like her, this is how we were able to keep her occupied or intercede. Or this is a way that we were able to train our children to not do that because it's very distracting. You know, it was so loving. It was such a loving way to kind of discipline me in a way to train my kids and i loved it it was a really sweet approach and i didn't feel um put down or or any way i felt loved upon i felt um shepherded which is perfect because he's my pastor and he's my you know he was my earthly shepherd i guess that god had put in my life at the time and so it was great and so that i learned something there but over the years as i got older they get harder to um Control, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. I'm not sure. Discipline, Uh, at least for me. Again, I'm speaking from personal experience and my very imperfect parenting, for sure. But I would just bring all kinds of things to entertain them with. And they didn't always work or they were just good for like five minutes. And then what? Well, I would get distracted and I would get so angry with my kids or frustrated with them. And I'd be like, I just don't even want to go to church anymore because it's such an ordeal. It's a chore. It's, it's more work than I can feel like I can handle. Um, it's, it's, is it worth it if I'm going and I'm not getting anything out of it? But friends, did you hear how many times I used the word I? I was making it about me. I wasn't making it about them. I wasn't making it about Jesus. At the time, I didn't see. They were my mission. My mission, I wasn't really involved in a whole lot. I did teach Sunday school because I felt like, because my kids are in Sunday school, I should um, offer my services and and help. And I'm good with kids and I love teaching. And honestly, I feel like I got more out of Sunday school sometimes than the kids did because when I would prepare for a lesson, I learned so much and it was awesome. And it was, I think, a way that God was training me up in my education of his word. So yay, God. <laughs> He's so good. I love it. But it was about me and, and my frustrations and what's the point of church if I'm just distracted all the time. I mean, this is like, if I'm spending time in worship, constantly being annoyed by my kids, and then I'm going off to teach Sunday school and not getting the message and like, why am I going to church? Well, it was about me and it shouldn't have been about me. What I was really trying, what I should have had the perspective of, and At some point, God turned my heart this way, and I was like, oh, man, I wasted all those years. But that's okay. Going forward, we do better when we've got the wisdom, right? Don't beat yourself up about the past. Do better with the knowledge you're given. That's what I say. And that's where I am able to keep a positive attitude, not beat myself up about my past. God said, listen, your kids right now, that's your mission. Right now, your mission is motherhood. You don't need another mission right now. You don't need to be serving in all these places like all these other people. You don't need to be going off to missions right now. You need to be home with your kids. You need to be teaching them in the way that they should go. You need to be training them up in my word. You need to be showing them what going to church looks like. You need to be getting them into the habit of going to church. The church is non-negotiable because those are your fellow believers and we are meant to be in fellowship with other believers we need that sometimes it's about us sometimes it's about them we need each other as believers that's why you're here today listening right we need each other as believers to encourage one another in the way we should go to um, cast off sin when we find it to direct each other back to the word back to the truth when we stray because we're stray we stray mentally we get so tired it's tiring being human it's exhausting sometimes and we need each other so training our children up to go to church sometimes that's it and yeah it might be frustrating Yes, it might be distracting and exhausting. And some days you're like, I just don't want to go. I don't want to get the kids all dressed and try to get them out the door on time. When we're screaming and yelling at each other to get in the car. Would you just get in the car? Come on, we got to go to church. We're going to be late. Like we're all screaming at each other on the way to church. You've seen the memes. You've seen the videos. They're hilarious. But they're funny because they're true. We've all done it. Come on, be serious. Tell me. We've all done it, right? Yeah. Or we've argued on the way to church. (laughs) Oh, it feels so ironic. But that's life. We're human. We're not perfect. We are imperfect parents. It's just the way it is. But we have God to redeem us. We have God to love us in our imperfection. And he loves our kids. And he's probably laughing at us saying, oh, man, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Just keep going Just keep going. You're going to be fine. Train them up. Teach them the right way to go. It's okay. God even says in Deuteronomy 6, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Deuteronomy 6 as the quote-unquote parenting uh, verse. But honestly, I mean, it's not just about parenting. It's a great, if you should read the whole thing, the whole chapter, because it's great. But if you go to Deuteronomy 6, verses 4, through nine, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Yes, we know that verse. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children. Yes, impress them on your children. He commands us to do that, it's our mission. As parents to impress the truth, the commandments on our children to love the Lord, our God. So we go to church to do that together as a community. We go to church so the other parents can look at us who have been through what we've been through and go, I get it. We love you anyway. We know where you're at. Do you need a hug? Can I hold your kid? Here, why don't you sit over here with me so you can take care of that child? How about your five-year-old comes and sits with me and we'll worship together you know that's what community is we do it together and Deuteronomy 6 moves on to say talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the road when you lie down when you get up we get it God all the time we know you mean talk about it all the time not just at church tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so basically everywhere you go, everywhere you look, you should be shining the light of jesus you no, don't take that as me saying you need to be perfect cause oh, that's not possible, so don't do that, don't don't take it that way. Don't let me pressure you because I swear uh, it's not what I mean, but what it is about is your intent. What's your intent? Are you trying? Of course you are. God sees your heart. He sees your intent. And he is going to guide and help you through the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the remembrances of Jesus' teachings through the Holy Spirit. And when you have no idea what to do, he's going to give you that person. He's going to bring you direction. He's going to show you. Ask him. Ask him. Lord, I pray right now, I'm going to pray right now on behalf of all the parents listening, all of the imperfect parents, including me, that are here right now. Lord, help us in this journey of parenthood. Help us in this mission that you've given us. You've called us to this mission. We are parents on purpose. We have these children in our lives, whether they're biological or adopted, or or children of friends or family, You have given us this mission to show them your way in all that we say, in all that we do, in the way that we should go. But you've also given us grace. You've given us redemption. You've given us the cross. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking our sins and our imperfections to the cross because we cannot be perfect. We cannot do this life perfectly. We are going to sin. We have sinned. Lord, forgive us for those sins. We ask that you would cleanse our hearts. You would continue to encourage us and guide us in the way that we should go so that we can then teach our children the same. Thank you for this glorious opportunity to learn from you through parenting, to learn who you are as our Abba Father. Thank you so much. What A gift. What a miracle parenting is. Every day it's a miracle. Even on those hard days. Oh, it's like being in the fire. But Jesus, you're with us in that fire. We know you're with us. We can feel you. And I thank you for being in the fire with us on those hard days. And rejoicing on those great days. But all in all, teaching us how to love sacrificially. Oh parenting is amazing and hard and awesome god you are the creator of it all you are amazing and perfect and we thank you for all your goodness and all your grace and all your love and all your wisdom that you're giving us today in jesus precious precious name i pray amen Friends, go off. Have a wonderful day. Go give your kids a hug. Love them completely. I know you do. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening today. I hope you have a new perspective on the doubting Thomases in your life that maybe they're not such a doubting Thomas anymore. Maybe they just need to know more. So go give your Doubting Thomases a hug in your house right now. Yes. And while you're at it, if this episode blessed you, please, please rate and review it. Thanks for subscribing. That is what helps other parents find it. It's just a logarithm thing going on, you know, in the tech world. But the more you rate and review and subscribe and download, the higher I get on the list of findable podcasts. So help bless other parents in a way that they should go. And encourage our other imperfect parents like us. Thanks for listening today. I hope you appreciate Thomas a little bit more and see your mission as parents as something that you can handle with God. Now go pray and get your day started. Thanks for stopping by today. Talk to you next week.